MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The numbers told the story they always do. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. Hour number two of a numbers game at VSIN, the Sports Betting Network, VSIN.com, the VSIN app, Fubo, Game Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube TV, Baton Rouge. I'm going to shout out Baton Rouge every day. It's Gil Alexander. Jeff Parlay is here as well. We get tweets at beating the book. Always appreciate it. Uh, Web 12 66 uh, at the angriest guy in New Jersey. He always has a great handle. That's his, he, he owns it. He said, I love this guy, Legesa. He's off the wall. No lip gloss, by the way. What does that mean, Jeff? Uh, PSU Worms 7. Hey, Gil, I missed the uh, first 15 minutes of the show today. Any, pe- any tennis picks? Super duper cutty. Top of the morning, Gil. Can we get the tennis picks again? Yes, we can. Um, Kanepi? George. By the way, Georgie's about to start. Camila Georgie. It was the first play it's about to start. Camila Georgie, these are all in Toronto, hopefully weather permits. Camila Georgie is the first pick today. I uh, got her at minus 119. Don't play her into the – anything in the minus 120s is okay. Uh, I'm also on uh, Kai Kanepi, minus 145 over Muguruza. Anything in the minus 150s is okay. Don't go higher than that. And then the two dogs, Beatrice Haddad Maya, plus 128 over Leila Fernandez, the Canadian. And then the big dog, Sarah Soribes-Tormo, plus 236 over Arena Sabalenka. Four, all on the lady side today. More tweets. Master of Puppets, talking about our, uh, our football stuff. This is going to get technical here, but what if Team A is undefeated? So we're talking about uh, the, the uh, last undefeated here. What if Team A is undefeated and is a 10 a.m. slot? Team B is a 1 p.m. slot. Both undefeated. Team A loses in the a.m. So technically, Team B is last undefeated. Master of Puppets, it's a great question. I was thinking about it in my head as well when we were doing the last segment. Um, I would imagine it's done into week-by-week compartments, but you are correct. You should always read the fine print just to make sure. But I would imagine these are weekly. But I shouldn't imagine. We should get the fine print on that. Uh, John B., as a Colts fan, I love you picking them for the longest undefeated. One thing to consider, though, they're notorious for slow starts, and I think they've lost their first game eight years in a row. Does that move you, Jeffrey? I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if they lose to Houston. I'm going to take points with Houston. I know that, week one. It's so funny with some of these uh, some of these fans of teams, like this one, Canarsie Born 65 Todd, he said, if the Chargers win their first two, it shouldn't surprise anyone if they then lose to Jacksonville at home. They're the Chargers after all, and that would be such a Chargers thing to do. <laughs> uh, this is about the walk-off with Machado last night from T. Jones. 
Uh, he said, I was on Machado, a walk-off Grand Slam in San Diego two years ago over in Moneyline Cash, and he's showing me a, a screenshot from the box score. People remember those moments when they win run lines like that. Jason Stark, though not that Jason Stark, a different Jason Stark. Hey, Gil, I remember getting a three-run homer when I was on the Astros run line in the uh, bottom of the ninth this year with them down one. I tried to explain to my wife how amazing that was. She didn't appreciate how unusual it was and how it was a miracle win, LOL. Well... Let's see. Oh, Mike Rouse, a numbers game, also known as the president of the Chiefs hater group. Love you, Gil. Wow. Just because I have a hard schedule and we're trying to make a bet? 100 to 1, that doesn't mean I hate the Chiefs. I'm just saying, I'm just trying to win bets here. I don't hate the Chiefs. Do you feel like I hate the Chiefs, Jeff? I don't hate the Chiefs. You hate everyone that you bet against, Gil. That's exactly right. That's exactly what I do. Jason Weingarten is here, ladies and gentlemen, from under a cloud of smoke in Southern Cali. You can follow him on Twitter, at Spreadopedia. And he, of course, is the host of the Wide World of Weingarten. Jason Weingarten. How you doing, Jason? Pretty good. How's it going? I'm doing very well. We were just talking about a bet last uh, last segment. Let's, let's keep your baseball on hold for a second. Last winless team in the NFL. And, you know, the usual suspects are up at the top of that market, the Texans of the world. We talked about the Jets, who have a tough schedule early. They're 10-1. to 1. The Chiefs are 100-1 to 1 because their schedule's brutality. Would you make that bet? Who do they play the first week? Oh, I'm glad you asked, Jason Weingarten. Glad <laughs> you asked. Um, as we mentioned, this is, who, this, is who their, uh, this is who their first seven games are. At Arizona. Now, keep in mind, they could win all of these, too. Any of these. But it's at Arizona, home Chargers, at Indy, at Tampa, home Vegas, home Buffalo, at San Francisco. I mean... 100 to 1, man. I don't know what the true odds of that are, but probably decent bet. Yeah. I think it's a decent bet. That's what I qualified as. Decent bet. Do you have any uh, long shot 100 to 1-ish kind of things uh, in your pocket that you think are alive this baseball season for you? I have uh, exact finish... For the AL East, uh, Yankees, uh, Yankees, Baltimore, you know, for a second. Oh, 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 what was that? What number was that? 150 to one. Where did you get that? Who was putting those out? DraftKings. DraftKings was. Do you have a lot of Um, Orioles stuff? Like a lot of bullish Orioles bets that that are uh, on the cusp? Yeah, I mean, stuff, not not all, most of it's not going to win, but uh, Orioles make playoffs, 25 to one. Orioles to win the uh, AL East. I think that was 250 to one. That's not going to win. And then I have uh, Orioles pennant 400 to one. So big O's fan all of a sudden. My boyhood team, 58 and 52. 58 and 52 with 52 ball games left. That's uh, ahead of schedule. Ahead of set, ahead of schedule. But... But if you look at the remaining, and I'm punching it in right now, if you can tell, uh, the remaining strength of schedule, if you, uh, you know, are moved by such things, the Orioles have the, what is considered to be the ninth hardest schedule the rest of the way. So, I mean, it's not horrible. It's fine. Yeah. I can live with that. You know, I'm happy with where I am on those bets this late in the season. What are, what are the bets that you, okay, so those are, those are the longest shots that you think are, in some cases, Possibly could cash. Others maybe not. But those are the, those are nice to have. What are the ones right now that you feel you already? I don't want to say this because I know you're not supposed to do this. But in your head, you're like, okay, 
these these are good to go. Julio Rodriguez, I would imagine, would be at the top of that list. Yeah, you know, I, I'm confident Julio is is probably gonna, you know, hold on there unless he gets hurt again. Other than that, I think uh, I think everything else is still up for grabs, or I'm holding not winners in those markets. Holding not winners. Is there something you are considering betting now in any futures market, any awards market, anything that you're looking at this week or you've bet within the last few days? If uh, I've been betting some Edwin Diaz, Cy Young. That's what I was going to ask you about. On the, on the, in, in the event that uh, Sandy Alcantara goes on a little bit of a bad run here with his starts coming up against the Dodgers and the Padres and everything, I think the uh, AL, sorry, the NL Cy Young market opens up a little bit, and the uh, the AL market, I don't, I'm not as excited about. I just think Verlander is vulnerable. He's also, I mean, he's he's the favorite, but you know, it only takes a couple bad starts near the end of the season to open a market up. Yeah, the, I, we talked about this. We brought up Edwin Diaz on the show last week. And I literally led, I think, this week. The very first thing out of my mouth this week was about Edwin Diaz and would you bet him for Cy Young. And, and I did it historically. And, again, this comes down to how do we feel about people who bet on awards now? Again, 2010, when Felix Hernandez won 13 games. Before that moment, it was largely considered, hey, look, wins and losses. Oh, they mean so much to so many. Uh, those of us who were into analytics and those, you know, who were deeper into baseball and knew better, but it's like, you know, these were baseball card stats, wins and losses, you know, unless you're watching PTI every day, people kind of get that, that wins and losses aren't the end all be all. And the pitcher doesn't control much of that, but then Felix finally won one. So the, so the voters finally got there in 2010. They're like, it doesn't matter that he won 13 games. He's the best pitcher in baseball. He's going to win the Cy Young. And they voted for him. Now you look at a guy like, and so I go back to, uh, I was talking earlier, I go back to 2014. 2014, Araldis Chapman didn't get a single vote for Cy Young. He was playing with the Reds at the time. But he set the record that year for K per nine, K percentage, that kind of thing. And Edwin Diaz is clipping him on both of those right now. Edwin Diaz, for, we're talking about relievers now. Edwin Diaz has a 52.9% K rate. Araldis Chapman's was 52.5% that year. And his K per nine is 1807 no one has ever gotten to 18. Chapman was high 17s back then. So I'm just wondering, like, it's not outlandish. It was 100 to 1 when we talked about it. I think it's about 50 to 1 now on, on Diaz. Correct me if I'm wrong. I, I, last I looked. But at 50 to 1, <clears throat> and always shop around, it just seems to me that those numbers are compelling enough where a lot of the people betting are going to see the the amazing nature of that and would actually translate to vote. Again, I'm talking about relievers haven't won since 2003. Eric Gagne, American League, by the way, was uh, Eck, Dennis Eckersley in 1992. So it hasn't happened historically, but that doesn't mean it's not likely to happen at some point. I don't see how you could make an argument that he's not, you know, one of the top five pitchers in the National League right now, you know, if not top three or whatever. Um, and plays for just, a first place team, right? That's always he's on the a first thing. place team. He has a over fifty percent strikeout rate. I mean, what else do you want? You know, you just, his numbers are as good as Mariano Rivera in two thousand five when Rivera was second in the Cy Young. It's right. Just, I'm not saying he's going to win. I'm just saying, how many other pitchers are you really going to you know vote Carlos Rodon or Zach Wheeler 
or Aaron Nola or any of these guys, Julio I'm, Urias in the mid-tier. I'm smiling, you know. Jason, because Jeff, Jeff has this look on his face. What would you like to say, Jeffrey? What do you got? I, I mean, at this point, it's Alcantara and Diaz are the one-two. I think I don't so. Think there's an argument at this point. I think so. And if so it's, it, and if it's one two, you're an injury away right now. That we're wishing this on him. Not an injury. You're a couple bad starts away. Couple Remember, Alcantara's got yeah. got uh, Dodgers yeah. Dodgers Padres coming up. That's that's a bad. You're a bad week away from opening up this whole market. Pitches tonight. We'll see what happens there. More with Jason on the other side. We'll get his picks of the day. Maybe he's got some sides. Maybe he's got some totals. Maybe he's got some first innings. I don't know. We'll find out on the other side. Uh, and other thoughts on some uh, long-term baseball bets. It is a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network with Jason Weingart. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. A numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit VSIN.com to check the current betting splits data. Want to know where the money and bets are moving every game? Well, the betting splits page is updated every 10 minutes so you can see changes in all the action. Find out where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money does not match the public opinion. You can check out not just today's action, but future events as well. Betting splits, yet another way. That VSIN is here to make you a smarter, better year round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at vsin.com. Skill Alexander, Jeff Parlay is here as well, and so is Jason Weingarten, host of the Wide World of Weingarten podcast. And uh, Jason, Jeff, and I were just talking off air that the, the real shame of all this when we talk about Cy Young and Alcantara and Edwin Diaz is that we all kind of know the best pitcher in baseball is really Jacob deGrom and how. He's, what was the stat? 13 straight swing and miss sliders? Uh, actually, it was 18 to begin the 18. game. We, 18 we, straight sliders the Braves swung at without even registering a foul ball. Just think, just think about that. Because you know, again, in your head, you're like, well, he's going to throw me a slider. So I should probably lay off of this. Right? <laughs> That's what you say in your head. And then the pitch comes and your eyes are like, oh, no, this is not a slider. I am going to hit this baseball. And then you're like, oh, no, it was a slider. It just happened to be 94. <laughs> It's just amazing. It, there is not enough runway, right? Like, if, J, if Jacob DeGrom 
Let me just give you a scenario. If Jacob DeGrom, let's find out what his number is, by the way. If Jacob DeGrom did something unbelievably mind-blowing every time out the rest of the year, by the rest of the year, we're only talking about two more months, less than, no, can't happen. I mean, he would need like an 18 strikeout perfect game. He would need then, he would need a couple historical things. And then come out and throw like a shutout after that. You know, like, I mean, it's like in everything you're saying in my head, Jason, I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm, possible. Yeah. I mean, happen. he could do it. He, yeah. he threw a perfect <laughs> game for 5.2 innings, you know, versus, yeah. versus the Braves. It's, it's not impossible, but let's put it this way. I like the hundred to one on the chiefs better than I would love than I would like that. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be betting more money on Degrom at this point. Yeah, I think he's probably either. probably six months or it's, six weeks or eight weeks if too he had, late. If he, yeah, that's exactly right. If he had come back beginning of June, different story, right? Mid June. Yeah, but the innings. I mean, we're talking ten starts. Like it's not going to be there. Yeah, innings won't be there. Can't happen. All right. Uh, what did you bet today? Uh, actually, relatively slow day for me so far. Waiting for some first innings to pop up. I'll probably bet those. I liked. Uh, I like the Rockies over, but that's already 12. It opened at 11, moved a whole run overnight. So don't love that. I bet the Yankees again, Yankees minus 113. Baltimore, Baltimore plus 132. I've been playing Baltimore almost say, every day since I was the All-Star say, break. When was the last time you didn't play Baltimore? Yeah. There was one or, one or two games I didn't play them. Uh, they were like a minus 160 favorite one day. I think they won. And then there was another day I just missed the game. I forgot it was an early start. So other than my own incompetence, I bet them every day. <laughs> can, I, can I interject a point before you continue? Because we had this discussion, a Las Vegas Chris and I on air the other day, about how modeling sort of as, as betting is, is going on here in, in modern history, it might just be lessened, it might just be lessening in its impact um, based on other market factors, vis-a-vis other market factors. And I, I brought you up at one point, because well, this was a different discussion me and Mark Borchard had where I brought you up, but I was talking about, um, you know, with baseball, even if your model shows an edge, like on some of the, on some of the more crappy teams, let's say, oh, well, I have the, uh, I have the Nationals as, a, you know, at, at plus 230, not at plus 180, right, whatever it was. I'm just making up numbers. But you and I have talked about this before where you're like, well, you know, even though my model shows that there's some kind of incremental edge here. Um, do I really want to sit through this? And so I guess my question to you is, how much of your baseball betting right now is model-based, or are you just like, nope, Orioles every night, I know just instinctively that that's undervalued, I'm playing it. Almost all of it is model-based. It's just a, a question of, or it's helpful to know why your model is spitting out a number on something. So, you know, a lot of times... You know, I've had I've had this happen in the past. I think, like the Diamondbacks were an example last year. They just weren't trying. Like there was a certain point where the team just didn't care anymore. As reflected, as reflected by who was in the lineup every night. No, I mean they just weren't running out fly balls. Like like they just you know you could just tell they didn't care. Like they were they they lacked the motivation to, you know, really compete and sometimes models don't necessarily pick stuff like that up. So they'll be saying, you know, every day it'll be like, bet the diamondbacks, bet the diamondbacks. And you're like, I don't right. want to bet the diamondbacks anymore. Right. You know? Yeah. It's like stuff like that happens. But in general, if you're getting like a plus two thirty and you think it's plus plus one eighty, usually has something to do with lineups or handedness or 
you know, the picture, the underlying, uh, you know, why do you uh, believe, why do you believe your model shows the Orioles to be undervalued on seemingly a night by night basis? I think because they play in the AL East and you're getting, you know, trying, is it a road? Is it on the road tonight? I had to check actually. Um, no, they're at home. I think, um, I think a lot of, a lot of times you're getting, you know, really good lineups, blue Jays, Yankees. Um, and you're just getting, get it. You're always going to get Yankee money, you know, like you're just always going to get money on some of these other teams. And Baltimore just hasn't turned that corner yet in the public public market, public perception that they're a good team. They're still, you know, the, the trash Orioles. I interrupt. I interrupted your picks. How annoying. Let's go back to say, repeat what you said already are your picks and, and what else you got? I got Baltimore. We talked a little bit about Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the Rockies over, but that's already moved a whole run. And then uh, Yankees. I'm on the Yankees. Yankees, Yankees minus 113. Those are the three. Um, I hope the Yankees lose, though. I like betting them at good numbers, but I'm always rooting for them to lose. Just because you hate the Yankees? No, I mean, it's just, all my bets would be a lot better if the Yankees Oh, your kinda, season your season long bets. Everything. I mean, if they yeah. just kind of went on a 10 game losing streak, my <laughs> life would improve. Your life would improve. If Aaron Judge stopped hitting home runs, your life would markedly improve, would it not? It would, but I'm yeah. uh, you know, not much I could do there. It's, not much uh, you could do about look, that. He's kind of reminded me of Pete Alonso in 2019 when he yeah. killed the Ballinger home run bets and oh. uh, the rookie of the year market. You know, sometimes well, you just get a guy like that, and it's unfortunate, but I would a lot li- of season left. I would like to say that in addition to Alonzo, you know, tearing the cover off the ball that year, that Cody Bellinger also killed the Cody Bellinger bet by all of a sudden deciding to tomahawk swing at every single pitch. Like, it was just ridiculous how he stopped it. I was like, what are you doing, man? You were doing- He's just never been the same since then either. He hasn't. He has like never it, been the same. We had him 50 to 1 thing. that year. Yeah. We, we, we killed his career. <laughs> We did. We killed his career. We had him at fifty to one, and like by mid-August, we we're like, "This is totally cashing," and then he just did something horrible. Um, went off cliff. Went off a cliff. Uh, you mentioned that you're waiting for first inning numbers to come out. We haven't talked about this in a while, so I think it's worth revisiting. There has been a bit of a cottage industry. I'll go ahead and use that term. A cottage industry of um, they even have an acronym for it. My goodness, right? NRFI, no run first inning where books have been promoting these bets. And you'll see this cottage industry of Twitter people who are like, yes, no first innings. Um, what would you like to say about this? And I know you'll, you'll choose your words carefully here, but just uh, to the extent that you're willing to share, what, what, what's your reaction to that kind of thing? I respect nerfy betters as much as I respect chiropractors, which is to say I would be very likely and very happy to throw you all in a wood chipper at the same time. <laughs> Today, why you got why you got to throw chiropractors in the wood chipper? Why? why? Yeah. Because they're yeah. frauds, and oh. chiropractory is quackery, and that's how I feel about nerfy betters. Is you know, it's the blind leading the blind. By the way, I didn't know we were calling it nerfy. That makes oh, that's what they call it. Yeah. yeah. So I, 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 I get asked this frequently. So would you like I, to? I've would you like that. to give an extra sentence as to? Why and again this is I don't want to step on anything here, Jason, but why the nerfy thing bothers you so much? That might that might lend some insight as to why. Because it's so wrong. The analysis going into it is so wrong. 
and the, the people doing it for the most part are so stupid and don't even realize that they're frauds, that they're leading people down the wrong path for their own commercial gain. It's it's just shameful. Well, if they like, don't, it's the, if they lowest, don't it's know, the lowest form of gambling content yes. that could be created. Now, I'm not saying I disagree with you, but what I'm saying is if they don't know, they're not frauds, right? They're just ignorant to it. That's even worse. That's e- Well, I don't know if that's worse. I think, that's for, like I think the, being a fraud would be worse. Le- lefty Rosenthal and Casino. You're either in on it or you're too dumb to know what's going on. Either way, you're fired, you know? <laughs> but, man, I, like, I, I was really thinking about this, though, Gil, because – we talk about so much stuff on this show, yeah. But it's so it's still such a small percent of of the gambling world and the day to day life of gambling. I wish we had more time to talk about a lot of this stuff because it's it's so fascinating, and especially the actual gambling. In the last couple of weeks, they've been losing, you know, at great numbers, and have to deal with with people and accounts and asking, well, why are why are all these bets losing, and trying to explain it to them, and you know, it's it's. It's very interesting life as a, as a gambler, and we only get to talk about a small part of it. Yeah, well, I, I hope this will always be the uh, the place that you will come to do so, because uh, I like to have this little, uh, our little niche where we get to talk about such things. But yeah, I mean, that's why I bring it up with you, because I know it's, uh, it's a sticking point. And uh, by the way, Jason's just trying to help also. I should probably m- mention that with all your... You know. Yeah, I'm just not very nice about it. I'm yeah. not. I'm not here to. <laughs> That's right. Know. It's just not very nice about it. Thank you, Jason. Appreciate it. Wes Reynolds. Thanks for having me on. I'll talk to you later. You got it, brother. Wes Reynolds. A numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network. The college football betting guide from VSIN is out now, and the NFL guide is right around the corner. Just a couple weeks, that'll be out. Start your football season on the good foot with expert profiles of every team, including team trends, power ratings, and over-under recommendations, plus best bets on season win totals, division finishes, and player awards. Remember, though, this is the key this year. The only way to get access to this year's football betting guides, both of them, is to become a VEASAN all-access subscriber. You do that by signing up early for a discounted $175. You do that, you'll receive the College and Pro Football Betting Guides along with full VEASAN access all the way through the Super Bowl or... Join us for $40 a month. See everything VEASAN has to up your betting game. Go to VEASAN.com slash subscribe for all your options and become part of the sports betting network. Now, again, there's the show that we do on air, and then there's the ridiculousness that's happening off the air, where, again, our audio engineer. Is that his title? Audio czar? Is that what is this? No, he's the, come on, no. Just audio engineer. Kevin Trask comes in this morning and goes, hey, Gil, you know, uh, happy birthday. And I'm like, you mean like happy birthday to you? Happy birthday? He's like, yeah. He goes, you know, Beethoven wrote that and then they got ripped off from him? And I'm like, what are you talking about, Kevin? Kevin Trask, no relation to Kyle or Amy. And he goes, uh, no, nah, for real. And he plays me like an old Beethoven symphony where like the happy birthday melody is is in there. And so these Mills sisters who get the credit for writing it like, what, 40 years after Beethoven's death or something like that? Don't hold me to 40. Get away with this as the writers of happy birthday to you. So we're trying to get to the bottom of how was this not like, this is a very big thing we're, we're uh we're breaking this morning on the show, I believe. Are we breaking? Can we call this breaking news? It's too too late. Um, I you know what you know what I'm getting, Jeff, because I know you're fascinated by this. I think it's because they were an ocean away, right? They were in the United States of America, still young at the time. But the way that stuff traveled in those days, like by the time it got back to Europe, and someone like someone in Europe was like, "Oh, that's Beethoven's jam," it was probably like thirty years. You know, who knows how long it took for that to make its way to the proper person. Whereas today you'll hear an R&B jam and you'll be like, oh, yeah, that's a Bernard Wright, 1985. That's where they stole that from. It's pretty good, actually, Gil. So 18, it looks like 1893 yeah. is when 
had the, the happy birthday to you. The, the Mills song sisters. we all know from the actually it was the Hill sisters. It looks like. Oh, I got the Mills. Yeah, it looks like Hill, Patty Hill and Mildred Hill. Patty and Mildred Hill. Who could forget them? And it says that it is disputed that the two of them are the ones I'll, that came. We're up disputing with it. it right here today, 2022. You know who? <clears throat> you know who I have a thought on this. The great Wes Reynolds, ladies and gentlemen, uh, co-host of Long Shots here on uh, Veasan. Uh, you can find him on so many shows, and who knows, uh, moving forward as well. Wes Reynolds, everybody, how you doing, Wes? I'm well, Gil. How are you? Good. Any thoughts on uh, the theft of Beethoven's Happy Birthday to you? No, nothing. Yeah, just looking at this uh, in terms of, uh, I guess the uh, the copyright got uh, bought by Warner Music in 1988 for 25 million dollars. So Man. you know, you've had a lot of variations of this song. Of course, the uh, the famous Happy Birthday song from the Beatles, uh, kind of an offshoot of this, uh, which is uh, very famous, but. Yeah, you would think that this would be, you know, nowadays with everything with copyright infringement, that this would be to the highest court of the land right now. Wes, you can't mention happy birthday variations without going to 1981 Stevie Wonder's happy birthday for Martin yes. Luther, for the Martin Luther King holiday. Um, yes, ab- absolutely. Uh, and, uh, you know, just thinking about songwriters, of course, the loss of Lamont Dozier yes. yesterday, part of the Holland Dozier Holland team, which basically kind of built Motown from a songwriting perspective. Holland, so, uh, Holland rest Dozier. In peace, Lamont Dozier. That's right. Good for you. Holland Dozier Holland. Rest in peace, Lamont Dozier. Um, things we won't talk about in the middle of football season for 500, Alex. Uh, Wes, <laughs> uh, golf, FedEx Cup. Let me just start with the broad three tournament FedEx Cup. Because I think I know the answer from you, but uh, I'll ask it anyway. Do you bet the cup itself? Uh, Very rarely, because, look, uh, a lot of the points, and and basically what we have, we have 125 this week in Memphis, actually 121, and then it goes down to 70 for the BMW, and then it goes down to 30 for the Tour Championship down in Atlanta at Eastlake Golf Club. So a lot of these guys that are in the top 30 are going to be – at the tour championship there's going to be a few risers there always are and then there's a few droppers outside of that top 30 so you look and you have a lot of a gap uh just looking right now scotty scheffler ended i think with 35 56 and then cameron smith was second at 23 35 now one of the things for the tour championship that you do have to take into context is the fact that they start out based on the points yes in terms of they have that staggered scoring format so Whoever is going to lead after the BMW in Wilmington, Delaware, the the following week is going to be number one going into Atlanta and is going to start out at 10 under. And then they stagger it. I think second place is eight under and and they go on so on and so forth. And you uh, and the listeners can look it up from there. But in terms of I usually just bet individual tournament instead of betting the cup because it's so hard to like really go too far down. Not that there's not value with shorter prices, but you can only go down so far if you're betting the full cup. Yeah, and Scheffler is likely to be the guy at 10 under with the two-stroke lead, and he's just such money to begin with that it's it's tough. But but to your point, that I mean that turn by the time you get to the tour championship as a standalone, it's tough to bet it because of that week there will be two different markets that people will have to navigate through, right? That week it will be, okay, the actual stroke play just, you know, within that tournament itself. Right. And then there will be the FedEx Cup market as well, just like there's a FedEx Cup market this week. 
And there's also specifically the St. Jude FedEx Cup, which is also the nor- known as the Northern Trust at TPC Southwind this week. So now I have a, I have a dilemma you're going to have to get me out of here, Wes. Primetime action, Kelly Bidlin, Matt Brown, and I, one and done all year. So this is the last tournament, this week's tournament, the Northern Trust, is the last tournament that counts because of the FedEx Cup, Michigas, and how it gets narrowed down. So this is the last one that counts towards that. Kelly Bidlin has been on a tear, the likes of which I've only seen from Wes Reynolds before. Let's put it that way. And I need, basically, I've gotten the whole thing flipped on me. And in the end, uh, the, the loser of this, it doesn't matter if you win. It just matters, it matters if you finish third. If you finish third, I think what we decided was that the third place person gets pummeled by the other two. Oh, no, no, it's dinner. i got to buy dinner for them. But here's the deal. Because the purse is so big, if I win this, and let's say they don't do well, let's say they miss a cut, I could still not only get out of the cellar, I could win this thing. So I need your insights. Who do you like this week? Yeah, uh, the guys that I took this week, uh, the shortest guy I took was at 22 to 1, and that was Matt Fitzpatrick, the U.S. Open champion. And if you look, this tournament, by the way, or at least this course, this FedEx St. Jude, played at TPC Southwind. This was a WGC event. So they've played this course pretty much every year on the PGA Tour since it opened in 1988. So it's now a FedEx Cup event replacing the Northern Trust, as you mentioned. Matt Fitzpatrick, if you look, he comes in with three weeks off like a lot of the top players. A lot of the top guys did not play the 3M or did not play the Rocket Mortgage Classic. So last time we've seen a lot of these guys was at the Open over at St. Andrews. But if you look at Fitzpatrick, two really good finishes on this course, fourth in 2019 and a sixth in 2020. Different player now because he's hitting it a little bit longer off the tee. He's fourth in the field for scrambling gains, seventh for good drives gains. So I think that he could go very well here. I know he's been a little quiet since his U.S. Open, but it's not like he's dipped off the face of the earth. He was a little disappointing at St. Andrews, but he was sixth at the Scottish Open. So I think Fitzpatrick can go well. And then I'm also on a, a relatively popular play this week, uh, and you can get him now at 25-1, to 1, Will Zalatoris. And this is kind of an interesting angle because yeah. he actually parted ways with his caddy yeah. midway through the Wyndham, uh, his self-described best friend. And uh, Matt Humans and I were joking on long shots yesterday. It's like, I don't think these guys are best friends anymore. <laughs> but uh, Joel Stock is going to take over the bag this week. And Stock most recently was with Cameron Tringali. He's actually won this event as a caddy with uh, his longtime friend from University of Oregon, Ben Crane. They were together about 10 years, so they won the 2014 FedEx St. Jude on this course. Uh, Zalatoris was eighth here on debut, despite not being at full health, had to withdraw from the Open a couple weeks last year. And then uh, Colin Morikawa, a couple guys in the mid-30s I'll give you. Colin Morikawa, 34-1. to He has not been in peak form this year, but he's still great with the irons. Uh, and like 66% of the shots are going to be 125 to 200 yards here at Southwind. And he's still the best in the world at those shots. Uh, and he's gone well in bigger events. He's raised his game with second at the Genesis, fifth at the Masters, fifth at the U.S. Open. So I don't think he's too far from winning. And then if you're looking, I guess, for a hot player, the guy that's got back-to-back uh, second-place finishes, Soon J.M., who I had last week, led after 54 holes. And then and then Tom Kim happened. Uh, that's uh, Ju Young Kim. He goes by Tom Kim. Him. He's what happened uh, with uh, how hot he got with the putter on Sunday. So Sun JM at least comes in on good form. Did anybody run this uh, about Tom Kim getting the quadruple bogey to start and then winning a tournament? Like, has that ever happened before? 
I, I don't I don't believe that it has. Uh, I was trying to search and see if uh, our guy Justin Ray and he he always has these factoids. Yeah. You yeah. know, he can find anything. He's one of the best out there at doing it. But yeah, I, I can't recall that ever happening to be four over after one hole on Thursday. And you look, he finished uh, I believe twenty under was the winning score, one by five. It's amazing. So the guy yeah. shoots twenty four under over the last seventy one holes. West, uh, that's incredible. And, and all at 20 years old. Only Jordan Spieth winning a uh, tournament on tour at a younger age. Uh, hang out with us. I want to get your final thoughts on this tournament. I'm going to feed you a few names for my one and done. And we'll get your football thoughts as well in the NFL. Wes Reynolds right here on a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast. To start listening. MTV's official challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network. BetMGM, the king of sports books, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits, like free bets and risk free tokens. If you're planning a trip to Vegas, you can also convert your BetMGM points into MGM rewards points that you can use towards dining, shows, and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM resource properties located on the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. BetMGM rewards, sports betting's premier loyalty program featuring exclusive offers, incredible experiences, and valuable perks. When you wager on the BetMGM app, sign up with BetMGM or log on today to get an even bigger piece of the action with BetMGM rewards. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Gil Alexander, part lay is here as well. Uh, we get tweets at Beating the Book. This is you to do. Always appreciate the feedback, by the way. Trent and Stanhope. I got a Diaz ticket, guys. 90 to 1. Lord, please let Sandy get touched up. And then Ramon Scott, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Straight fire from Jason Weingarten on uh, NRFI, excuse me, NRFI, YRFI content with Gil this morning. It was straight fire, Ramon. And I looked over at Jeff, and Jeff says immediately to me, he goes, I'm not putting that on social, Gil. (laughs) (laughs) Why not? You're upset with the chiropractor slander? No, 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 no. Come on. We, we can't be throwing people in the wood chippers. I'm sorry. Okay. Sorry. 
Back to Wes Reynolds, who joins us, kind enough to join us for a second segment. Wes, I'm sorry to do that to you. I don't know if you were planning on two segments, but we had talked about having two segments. So if you weren't, I apologize to you here. Um, anything else on the FedEx St. Jude? Did you do head-to-heads yet? Yeah, I did a couple, and then a couple other futures I did play. I played Victor Hoblin a little bit above 40-1. to 1. Here's a guy that's had kind of a disappointing last few months. Started out as one of the hottest players in the world in 2022 with a win at Dubai, second at the Arnold Palmer, which, uh, by the way, is in the state of Florida. I know that the uh, live golf attorney yesterday at the hearing for the three defectors that were trying to get into the FedEx Cup was saying that the Arnold Palmer was in Ohio. It is still in the state of Florida. Last I checked, as uh, those uh, players, uh, Gooch, Swafford, and Matt Jones, did not get the ruling their way. So back to Victor Hovland, uh, you know, four months out of top 10, but he was in the final pairing with Rory at the open, disappointing Sunday round. But I think that that could be at least a little bit of a springboard going forward. And then two longer shots, Terrell Hatton in the 60 to one range, 64 on Sunday at the Wyndham. I think that that carries forward here. And then Mito Pereira, 130 to one, uh, doesn't come in on very good form, though. Four straight cuts that he's missed. And you know what I thought was kind of ironic is that if you go back to the PGA, we all remember that bad Mito Pereira drive on 18, which cost him the PGA championship at Southern Hills. And then I looked in a category of good drives gain and who is number one in this field over the last 36 rounds, Mito Pereira. So go figure, uh, you know, seeing that obviously that one drive cost him his first PGA tour win and first major Uh Couple matchups, though. I am going to fade Mark Leishman with Webb Simpson. There is rumors that Mark Leishman is going to be the next to uh, go to the Live Tour. Also, Cameron Smith, because they want to put these nationality teams together, I guess, for this thing. So they want to get a bunch of Australians and South Africans and, you know, kind of do a nationality thing. So uh, maybe Mark Leishman's starting to think about that. So I faded him with Webb Simpson. Doesn't the Cam Smith thing bum you out, though, Wes? Because, like, he's. It does. The, yeah, he's the first young great golfer to make the move until Cameron Smith we could kind of pass it off right but now man that kind of sucks well and the weird thing too Gil is that he actually has some power he doesn't have to commit right now I mean look play the FedEx Cup, play the President's Cup. Obviously, he'd be the number one ranked player for Trevor Immelman's international squad for the President's Cup coming up at the end of September. It's like, go ahead and do that and, you know, string these guys along a little bit. Maybe they offer you more money, and then if you want to go, go. But, yeah, this is just... It's disappointing, and and the fact that, you know, this is all being driven by Greg Norman. This is the guy who's got an axe to grind and is bitter and is trying to stay relevant and is trying to divide the game of golf for his own purposes. And, you know, at the risk, and I'm not wanting to besmirch uh, one of your favorite sports, not only to watch but to bet, but I don't want golf to totally become tennis. And I love tennis. And, you know, I bet it mainly in the slams, but I don't want golf to become that where, like, some of the non-major events are all of a sudden not important. Because if you look at the tradition of these regular events, because I think that live attorney yesterday was like, well, these guys wouldn't be doing this if this was the Byron Nelson Classic. I'm like, you mean the Byron Nelson Classic that's been on the PGA Tour since 1944? All these tournaments have such traditions. You don't want it to be tennis where it's just like the slams and it's just the ATP thousands and the ATP 500s as somebody that was in a market – 
in Indianapolis where we weren't designated as such. We had the RCA Tennis Championships in Indianapolis, and I volunteered for it for several years. But, like, nowadays, the way it's become, it would be just some, like, boilerplate event that would struggle to get elite players. And for those who missed what, uh, what West threw in, just to be thorough, uh, Judge did reject three uh, LIV golfers' requests to compete in the FedEx Cup playoffs, so they will not be among the top uh, 125. We're talking about Taylor Gooch, Matt Jones, and Hudson Swafford, where the judge said, yeah, you didn't really meet the, uh, the standard of irreparable harm. Sorry. I would have added, if I were, the, if I were in the, uh, the judge in the courtroom, I would have said, and yeah, and uh, Hudson Swafford, get out of my courtroom. Weren't you, <laughs> weren't you born on the eighth hole of a golf course? Come on, man. Um, okay, <laughs> that just might be Rush my chairman, and damn glad to meet you, Gil. Yeah. <laughs> All right, last question on this. If you were in your desperate situation in one and done, and you had these four golfers available to you, who would you play? Morikawa, Rom, Cameron Young, Sam Burns. Well, I mean, if you're going on form, obviously Sam Burns was in the playoff last year that Abraham Answer won over him and Matsuyama, who, by the way, withdrew earlier this morning from this event. But uh, I, I have a little bit of a hunch on Morikawa here. I think okay. that he's going to play well. This is a ball striker type of course where, you know, it's a hard course relative to like TPC standards. So this isn't just like a, a birdie fest where you're going to shoot 20 under to have to win this thing. But the guy with the irons and the guy that keeps it in the fairway, and I think Morikawa can go well. I don't think that the putting, this isn't going to turn into necessarily a putting contest because the greens might be a little bit firmer. I was thinking because it hadn't rained all summer. And then, of course, what happens? Memphis gets a deluge yesterday after they had like 1,200 degree plus days. So you were thinking firm and fast. So maybe that rain softened the course up. All right. I apologize to everyone. That was a selfish question just for me and my own bet here. Okay. Um, we have a few minutes here. We haven't had a chance to talk NFL, me and you here, in a long time. What are your favorite pre flop preseason bets that you have on the season? Yeah, uh, a couple that I did play, and I played the Minnesota Vikings for the uh, division there in the NFC North. I know uh, Matt Brown and a couple others at the network have the same. I actually am high on this team. I think Cousins and company getting an offensive coach is going to be a really good thing for these guys. And and I expect Minnesota, if they can just get a little bit better defensively, them and Green, they're going to be right there with the pack in that division. And then uh, I did play an interesting uh, prop, uh, you know, because sometimes we talk about this, but we don't bet them. We just talk about it on the network for content purposes. You know, who's going to have the best record or who's going to have score the most points or whatever. And I usually steer clear, but I went to the worst record and I went a little bit down the board and I think you could still maybe get it at nine or 10 to one. I got it at 12. Uh, the Chicago Bears to have the worst record in the NFL. I think everybody's kind of gravitating a little bit toward the usual suspects, you know, like the Houston Texans and those teams that they're gravitating towards. But I just am not very high on the Bears. You essentially still have a rookie quarterback in Justin Fields, a lot of potential, a lot of talent and athletic ability, but he's behind an absolutely dreadful offensive line. And you've got a first-year head coach, new schemes on both sides of the ball, not only offensively but defensively. And I, I don't think the Bears are going to be very good this year. I think that it's going to be a, a long winter there in the Windy City for Chicago. You used the word deluge a little while ago. It feels like, just anecdotally, there is a deluge of people saying this about the Bears, that they just are 
just not, I mean, to say they're not high would be an understatement, but just think that the Bears could be a abject disaster, a disaster this year. We shall see here in the uh, coming months. Um, last thing, we were throwing this out earlier, so I'm curious your thoughts on this. There's a market last winless team. And uh, we, we threw around three teams this morning at different prices. Atlanta is at plus 450. The Jets are at 10 to 1. And the Chiefs are at 100 to 1. Now, I'm, I'm assuming you, you're relatively familiar with the schedules at the beginning of the season for all three of those teams. What's the best bet of those three? Yeah, that's interesting about the Chiefs because they do start out with a very difficult schedule. Uh, you know, Arizona, they're only a three-point favorite. They could lose that game. Then you have the Chargers and that Indian at Tampa Bay. So that could be a long shot if you're going to take a shorter shot and a long shot. Kansas City certainly would be the longer shot. But uh, Atlanta, I, I'm a little worried about them. I know that they're a candidate, too, for worst record in the league. You have New Orleans at home, who they've been bet against all summer at the Rams, at Seattle. Atlanta would be my short price, I would take. Okay. Vote for Atlanta. Thank you, Wes. Really appreciate it, man. No problem. Thanks for having me. Wes Reynolds won. That's the number one on Twitter for all that rest that Wes rather has to say. Uh, we gotta go. Lombardi line next. Enjoy from VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. MTV's official challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.